2: Wilson's corner. King, Wilson again, back to Rico. There are plenty in there in stripes, Josh King kicks up the scraps, but the flag halts the celebrations. The decision is... Goal!
3: Good morning and welcome to episode 60, our Diamond Jubilee, can you believe it, of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. It's Monday morning and this weekend AFC Bournemouth succumbed. I feel like I saying succumbed because it felt like we should have won that. But you look at it, we're still top 10, 2 all draw against an informed side. Maybe it's not all bad. My name's Sam Davis and with me standing by is Jeff Hayward. We're going to be going over that match and also previewing the Arsenal game. We're playing them next Sunday. It's been moved because of Europa League football and it's not on TV, but... It promises to be a match where, well, at least we're not going into it overly pessimistic because Burton Albion was a debacle. We've got a bit of momentum back. For this week's Do You Remember, well, we're not playing some old audio and giving you a trivia question, but do you remember last season without VAR? Wasn't it brilliant? When a goal went in, we celebrated or we criticised the referee because it was a bad decision, but we argued a few days on Twitter and that was that. It was done. But that kind of reaction that you had, you can't take anything away from the jubilation and the ecstasy of seeing your team score a goal. Unfortunately, it didn't quite work out like that on Saturday and it's still not working. The amount of time it took after Josh King's shot hit the back of the net and then the goal being allowed, well, it was over two minutes I was recording at the time and we have got an actual audio timeline of what went wrong. The fans were notified way too late. So for this week we're just gonna roll the audio. Do you remember Life Without VAR? Because this happened on Saturday and it was awful. Do you remember? Do you remember? Rico, get delivery now. That's a great one.
0: It's in!
3: It's in! Oh, the flagged, the flagged. Bloody hell. No, it's not in. Well worked corner. Harry Wilson into King, under pressure. Then put Rico in to cross it from deep. Headed chance, saved. And then the rebound put in, but the line is flagged. I'm sure he'll be checking. Obviously we aren't informed. We never bloody are, which is the whole point of it, obviously. (laughs) Cheers for letting us know, lads.
2: VAR
1: is checking the goal for offside.
3: This is absolutely horrendous. It's a goal! VAR <laughs> is fucking shit. Yep. And then we go and get a goal. I mean, what a weird celebration. So weird. Ramsdale is clenching his fist, punching his
4: fist at the Northam.
3: Everyone loves it. VAR complete. It's a goal. Josh King, there we go. First goal from open play. Makes up for his safety bar call with VAR. eh? We'll take that, one-all. Bloody hell. The right decision was made. Therefore, VAR, is it all right? Who knows? Anyway, one-all. So, there we go. That was this week's Do You Remember? Do you remember how good it was to celebrate a goal all guns blazing without VAR? Oh, my goodness me. It was a minute. Afterwards, after the ball hit the back of the net, the fans were informed that it was going to VAR, despite the fact that the referee had his finger up to his ear after 15 seconds. So something's going wrong. Either the Premier League are not telling the club in time or the club are not putting on the scoreboard and telling the PA man, it wasn't my Botto this week. Something is going wrong. I'd love to see the world feed to see how they dealt with it, but... Ah, dreadful. And then that kind of muted celebration after two minutes. It took two minutes and two seconds for that offside to be overturned. Do you remember life without VAR? Now, because we've done that match audio very early, I'm not going to be going over my other bits now. We'll be intermingling more raw audio during mine and Jeff's chats. But you'll look forward to that. But now we're going to go straight into the fans' thoughts. Thanks to everyone who chatted after the game and who submitted their audio via WhatsApp and email. This week's fan thoughts of AFC Bournemouth versus West Ham United.
0: actually here from the main stand, well I walked out feeling like we probably dropped uh, two points but actually I think it was a fair result against a very good side. Uh, a bit like Southampton, we played some really fluent attacking football at times and there are occasions with uh, a confident Stacey overlapping when I thought we were watching our best championship performances again so that was really good In terms of performances, uh, Ramsdale was brilliant again including being more, being more sensible with his distribution uh, Rico again actually put in a decent performance both defensively and going forward and some of his deliveries from that left foot were absolutely brilliant. Um, I almost don't need to mention Cook and Ake. I thought they were outstanding as usual. Billing was a bit off by his own standards in the first half. He also looked totally um, shot with 15 minutes to go and I'd have replaced him with Cook a lot earlier. Lerma alongside him was my man of the match. His energy is incredible, um, but you know he can really play as well. I think he's an underrated footballer. Right, Solanke. Uh, I thought he was outstanding. Uh, Looking at Twitter this appears to be a bit controversial But I thought that most of the good stuff we did went through him His quick feet, uh, also his ability to move the ball forward in tight situations Was really invaluable in my mind Harry Wilson um, A bit lightweight in my opinion And I can't quite make up my mind about him Um, I'm not sure actually what impact he's having um, Aside from his, his goal record Final thought Dan Juma looked really promising in his little cameo and very confident. Thanks very much. Bye. I think we're taking it at the start of the game, to be honest. Um, second half, I thought, honestly, we could have probably won it. I think Wilson, if he's put that away at 2-1, it's a different game, but it's, it's one of those that they're on form. We're winning without really playing well, so start of the game would definitely would have had it, but it's one of the things you think... Halfway through, we could probably get done then. You know, yeah. it's, it's a hard game to take.
1: Hey, it's Claire Carlin, sound season ticket holder. I think it was definitely two points dropped today. I think we really should have catalyzed on um, the performance. I don't think we were um, firing on quite all cylinders today. And I think we've got more in our squad and more to come. I think we could be more clinical. We certainly did some good defending today and I thought Rico, Stacey were brilliant and Ramsdale, what a goalkeeper. I didn't think he'd break through this season but he's really showing the gem of of goalkeeper. He is really something special. Um, Callum really should have slotted home that third goal. I don't quite know what he was doing. He should have passed it. VAR is something that really frustrates me. I think um, agonising waiting for that goal to be allowed or disallowed, the one that was finally given. And you really can't just celebrate goals anymore. And I question the VAR disallowed goal. I don't think that should have been disallowed. It would be really good to see the um, replay on that as well. So it's really disappointing that Callum didn't slot that um, chance home. I think that 3-1 result at that point really would have killed the um, the game off. I think as well, m- midweek with Burton on Wednesday night, frustrating that we're not capitalising on Cups. I think we're going to do quite well this season. and I just don't know why Eddie won't give them cups a good chance it's our only real opportunity we're going to win anything obviously we're not going to end up finishing top six I think I think all fans are going to be delighted with a mid table finish but I think we really should have gone for the um, cup as well on Wednesday night disappointing Um, I'm a big fan of Harry Wilson but I don't think he's been consistent enough so far today and I really think there's more to come from him as well so let's see how this goes on to the Arsenal game let's bring on Arsenal up the cherries
3: Okay, so great to hear some fans' thoughts there Thanks to Claire and Ashley and also John as well And we'll hear some more later on in the show So yeah, AFC Bournemouth drew two all with the Hammers at the weekend And Geoff, how are you feeling after that one?
4: bit weird. Um, Felt like we could have won that, but felt like we possibly could also have lost. So they played well. West Ham played well. I think credit to them. You know, Yarmolenko looked very, very decent, I thought. And that combination they had down both left and right flanks did cause us problems.
3: Mm. The the team lineup was pretty much as expected, I think. I mean, judging by the midweek performance against Burton, which we'll, um, if you're a YouTube subscriber, you'll know my thoughts on that. But for the podcast, we will gloss over it. If you want to have a look, check out our YouTube channel to hear me uh, ranting somewhat about that. But Lewis Cook didn't have the best of performances in the week, by the sounds of it, nor did Ryan Fraser. So... The only doubt for me was Solanke, so he started and it was the same 4 4 2 formation. But I tell you what, early doors, we didn't look too great, and West Ham seemed to have a hell of a lot of possession.
4: They were dominant and it was pretty clear that uh, they felt they could get at us. And I don't know, we just seemed a bit off the pace early doors. not sure whether that was a bit of a hangover from the Burton game, but honestly, it felt like it took their goal to kick us into a bit of action.
3: Yeah, it did. And that happened after nine minutes when it was a it was a ball over the top that Haller did well to bring down. I mean, it would have gone out for a goal kick, but he managed to control it just sort of with his right foot and keep it in play and then laid it off to Yarmolenko. And as you say, um, very impressive. And he, he managed to turn Nathan Ake, of all people, and left-footed it past Ramsdale Goal
5: for
3: West Ham Yarmolenko There's a little hint of offside but he managed to hook it in play pull it back Yarmolenko turned Okunake left-footed shot past Ramsdale it's been all West Ham so far
4: Rico's looking at the liner. I'm going to be critical, Sam. Um, if if you're defensively, we were not quite at that move. Number one, the ball came in far too easily. Number two, looking across the line, it was marginally onside. So again, I think it was, might have even been Cookie playing him on um, a step up there, and we get him offside. Then when he brings the ball down you've got to anticipate that better Rico and you've got to nip in there and get closer yeah. to him so he can't stab it across. And then Yarmolenko, he's great. All he's got is a left foot and all afternoon he was just turning onto his left. Yeah. Nathan just kind of got caught onto on the wrong side so allowed him to turn. You knew he was going to do that but then Lerma doesn't come in and block it either. So it was all kind of... Not quite there defensively as a unit, I felt, for that first goal. I mean, hats off. Great finish.
3: Yeah, it really was. But it it is worrying me a little bit that we're still searching for our first clean sheet of the season. I mean, it hasn't happened so
4: far and we're nearing October. Does that, does that worry you a little bit? It worries me with this formation. I think hmm. we create lots of chances with a 442 with King and Harry Wilson I mean maybe we'll talk about the offensive side of the game in a, in a bit but what that does defensively is it exposes the fullbacks because neither King nor Wilson are great at tracking back when King does track back he tends to try and run the ball out from deep in his half and I, I noticed it again yesterday you know lost the ball a couple of times doing that in our defensive half which puts us under pressure but Harry mm. Wilson doesn't track back Especially well. So Stacey and Rico. Now, if they were better defensively, I think we'd be okay. But all our strength is in that central central part of the defence, central part of the midfield. As soon as it goes wide, Rico and Stacey are too easily exposed. And it happened a lot yesterday.
3: Yeah, it did. But it was it, it was coming based on the possession that West Ham sort of had. But yeah, like you said earlier, it did sort of start to you know give us a boot up the backside and then we started to play and then it was our first real set piece where once again the much maligned rico of the early part of the season has become our star recently and it was a wonderful cross to i mean it was nathan ake that headed it i think and then josh king finished although at the time it was offside but then it was given
4: it was one of our preset moves um as you might expect Wilson plays it short gets the return pings it back to Rico who delivered that delicious ball in and um I thought watching it in real time I thought he was offside however what do I know yeah <laughs>
3: it was um it was an odd one um I mean it was great as you say it, like it was a great set piece the way they Brought two defenders out. That's two less defenders in the box. And then Rico whipped it in, and his left foot is is superb onto the head of Nathan Ake. Um and I actually thought originally that the keeper parried, but yeah, it was in the path of Josh King, and it you know, it looked level, even you know, I think he was even a little bit offside by a few centimetres or so. So it went to VAR, and oh my goodness, now you heard earlier in the programme, um Exactly how long it lasted, and on YouTube, I've played the full clip again. This was the reaction, though, once the goal was given. It's a goal! (laughs) VAR is fucking shit. Yep, and then we go and get a goal. I mean, what a weird celebration! So weird. Ramsdale is clenching his fist, punching his
0: fist. The everyone
3: loves it VAR complete it's a goal and as you can hear Jeff a lot of fans originally uh, were chanting that they didn't like VAR they said it in a, in a more terse way than I was saying and then afterwards they're chanting VAR VAR but I've got to say the experience um, was bizarre, and I actually compared the timelines of this. So I'm talking the way the TV compares with how it compares with being in the stadium. So on 16 minutes, 15 seconds, Josh King scored. Three seconds later, the, flat, the linesman raised his flag. Uh, then 25 seconds later, the TV viewers see a replay, and to me, I can see straight away that it looks a goal. 10 or 13 seconds after that, sorry, the TV viewers are told that VAR is checking. And then it's nearly another 30 seconds after that, that in the stadium that we're told that VAR are checking. So it seems like the best way to be informed of VAR is actually by staying at home. It is a bizarre experience in the stadium, but I'm glad it was given. But what, I mean, what were your thoughts on the whole delay there? Well,
4: I knew before you that it was a goal.
3: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah.
4: I'm that's saying. right. Yeah, That's all I'm saying. And, I think it's the way they do the, the mathematical drawings. You know, it's, a, it's like going back to a geometry <laughs> lesson, isn't it, yeah, really? It is. and, and you watch all that and you think, hang on a minute, can't, can't a computer do that? Because mm. it, it does feel a bit like, I don't know whether the VIR ref was yesterday, but they were sitting there, protractor, trying to work out all the angles, drawing a little line across the screen. Come on, get a computer to do that, and you'll yeah. get the answer much quicker. He was clearly onside.
3: Yeah, he was. I think it was Andrew Madley that was uh, at Stockley Park, you know, doing all that. But um, yeah, to the naked eye, seeing the replay straight away, I could see it was onside, but it takes them two minutes or so. And yes, of course, we made up for that time in stopp- in the stoppage time of the first half. But oh, my goodness. Uh, not great. But yeah, that did kickstart us into action. And uh, for the rest of the half, we were, you know, we had chances, didn't we? But then so did they.
4: It, it was pretty even. And I, I think you like i say it's going forwards this lineup is great i think hats off to Solanke yesterday yeah, i thought yeah. he looked really good um the more games he's getting what you're noticing is how good he is at linking the play and creating opportunities for Wilson and King mm. and and actually if if you watch the build up to the the corner for the first goal that was that was Solanke, i think had a hand in that as well mm. um he is good and I like him in the team. I like him in this lineup. Where I worry is just down the flanks whether when we lose the ball, whether we've got enough to stop them. They are mm. good. West Ham are good going forward. And mm. um, it, it, it took... Um, well, I mean, there were quite a few opportunities they had, particularly towards the end of that half where... You thought, oh my gosh, they're gonna score at any minute here and we're gonna go in two one down because there was a header they missed. There was yeah. a brilliant uh piece of uh <clears throat> defending from Solanke when he <laughs> he thighed it out. Yeah. Um But honestly, you know, it it was it was a close call to go in one one. Yeah, no, it
3: was. I mean, Solanke had a chance that um, was, I think it was closer than sort of what it looked when I was there, really, because not many people uh, seem to think of it as a golden opportunity because everyone thinks to a certain chance in the second half that we'll obviously come on to, but he headed it and it went um, high and wide. And then uh, I think Cresswell had a chance for West Ham. But like you say, towards the end of the first half, I thought this is going to be a, a repeat of Everton, isn't it? And they had a, you know, a late chance and, and scored it. And once again, it was a cracking save, Aaron Ramsdale to the rescue. And I think it was, I can't remember what it was, a shot or a header, but it seemed to come off the turf. And then Ramsdale was quick to react as it bounced and managed to tip it over the bar.
4: Yeah, it was Anderson had a, 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 a sort of scissor kick effort mm. and brilliant save. Um, mm. But again, you know, they were throwing their bodies to block the ball. And I mean, that that's, that, that's great. And I love that last-ditch defending, but it did feel we were living on, living on our nerves a little bit <laughs> towards the end. And again, I think what Solanke showed with that header, it was close, but what he showed was thus that threat that we've got now. Yeah. Um, we can score lots of different goals now, and that is very encouraging, I think, for going forwards. Just got to keep, keep a clean shoot, lads. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, we came in the second half. We came out and started as well as we could have. And Solanke again was so important and integral in that move. Great piece of footwork setting up Josh King, um, and then he just sort of cut it into the path of Wilson. And once again on target against the Hammers. Is that seven in seven games against them? Goal for Bournemouth! my goodness me, what a start to the half, some tremendous feet, and then a low shot to the bottom left hand corner, that was phenomenal, that
5: is the best possible start we could have had, unbelievable seats, 2-1
1: Bournemouth.
4: bang, what a strike, and I, I didn't think he was going to hit it quite as as hard as he did, because it looked like it was a side foot, but wow, mm. bang in the corner, the keeper didn't even see it, He wasn't set at all.
3: Yeah, and we were on top, we were on top, and uh, when it went to 3-1, or what we thought was mm. 3-1, I thought, well deserved, because, uh, you know, we... We had chances. We seemed to be gaining momentum. We were playing a lot in their half. There would be the odd occasion where they would break and look fairly dangerous. Got to say credit to West Ham. They they did look like a well organised side. They had a lovely balance. Um, you know defensively. You know apart from the goals, of course. I thought they were pretty sound. But then yeah, uh, Rico again. Corner uh, fell to Ake. who turned it in and. Um, a lot of Bournemouth fans saying it shouldn't have been ruled out for offside. Now, it didn't go to Var, but Solanke, I think, was a judge to be in between the keeper and the shot. But from what I can see, he was slightly to the side, so was he interfering?
5: Yes! Nathan Ake from the corner, we're all good! Rico corner, partially cleared one you where it was. Philip Billing was turning
3: 360, I have no idea. Nathan, oh, hello. Offside. He's decided to flag, he's decided to flag about 10 seconds afterwards. What's that all about? He didn't have it raised initially, and now all of a sudden he's decided to put his flag up. Confusion here. Doing, exactly doing, exactly doing, exactly Hopefully we'll, we'll find out what's going on. That would be nice. For the fans to be told. VAR check. I mean, even I know that.
5: But we're not being told.
3: Hand to the ear.
0: Free kick. or offside. One of the two.
4: 2-1. Two so near and yet... Mm. Mm. Yeah, um... Uh, so the linesman didn't give it originally, then puts his flag up. It then does go to VAR after the referee had given the goal. And what confused me was it actually came off, I think it was Fre- Fredericks with the the right back. Mm. Um, so does that mean if the last touch came off a West Ham player, does it matter that Solanke standing where he was standing? Yeah. Mm. Um, and I don't think it was that clear I don't think the officials were that clear Um, yeah I need to check rule 44 byline (laughs) C you know whatever it is whatever yeah you know because it felt to me like actually that should have been allowed
3: Mm, yeah I agree and uh we we kept up the pressure though I mean West Ham did have chances Yarmolenko with a with a shot that flashed inches wide uh, Wilson uh, Rico again his delivery a couple of chances Wilson with a header over the bar and then another low delivery curled into the box where Wilson got a toe end on that just went straight into the hands of Roberto but then there was a golden chance for Callum Wilson Um, that was where Harry Wilson actually did something good in the game Jeff Um, we'll talk about him later on Mm. but um, yeah he slipped through his namesake and oh I just thought he needed to take it first time took a touch and then just tried to slip it under the keeper or between his legs and it was the wrong decision wasn't it?
4: Yeah it was either hit it first time or take it. Take a touch round him because he had the angle. He could have just touched it to his right and, and yeah. stuck it in the top corner or something. But um, di- disappointing. Um, um, what can I say? Callum, yeah. I'm sure he's disappointed about that. Eddie was disappointed he missed that. Callum is great. Eight out of ten times he would finish that. But... You know, mm. it it matters. Should it matter though, Sam, that we have to score three goals at home to win the game? I know both Josh and uh, and Eddie said that at the end of the game in the post-match interviews. And you think, yeah. really, you know, it, it was a chance. Um, Billing had a great chance as well moments before that. And you think one of those goes in and it's comfortable, but... Two one, we should have been able to hold that, didn't you think?
3: Yeah, no, I thought we should have. And uh, well, this was the reaction of that miss in the north stand, and as you can tell, um, a lot of frustration out there.
5: Oh, fuck, Callum! What a chance!
3: Callum Wilson played for the three by his namesake, and he just waited and waited and waited.
5: He'll try to
2: slide
3: it. I'm going to keep yeah, so the, <laughs> there are a lot of um people who are ruining that chance, and like me, I did uh, think that Callum Wilson might be having nightmares about that if West Ham responded, and then this happened. Mm-hmm. There we go. The equaliser. Too old. Cross came in and knocked back, and it was a relative easy finish. Oh, Jeff! So almost a minute later, goal to West Ham, and it was it uh, was it Cresswell who fired it into the back of the net. It it just it was just going to happen, wasn't it? After all these chances and Nathan Ake's disallowed goal, it was it was almost written in the stars,
4: and a carbon copy of something that happened earlier in the game, where again Yarmolenko cuts in on his onto his favoured left foot, crosses it, Anderson actually muffed a header from mm. the earlier chance, but this time. Knocks it back for Cresswell. Who was tracking Cresswell? I couldn't see anybody. Could you? He's the left back in the, our penalty area. Come on!
3: Yeah, that's right. I think um, a lot of people have been blaming Jack Stacey for not being uh, there. I'm not. I'm not overly sure. I'd have to
4: see it again. The, I mean, it's yeah, midfield. Sorry. The midfielder. It's the yeah. midfielder. Sam's got to track that run
3: yeah no i um, I agree with that i mean i want i 'm going to watch the match of the day too i haven 't seen any football this weekend so far apart from that i haven 't seen any highlights or anything so um, yeah i 'm going to be very interested to to watch it all again um, yeah, as I mentioned uh, Jack Stacey, actually, I thought uh, he did have a couple of <laughs> He had a couple of wayward moments including a pass that that nearly put West Ham in but other than that I thought he was fairly solid and um created a lovely chance for Wilson in the in the second half with a ball over the top that Wilson controlled nicely and had a had a decent shot on target but um what were your thoughts on him
4: He's getting better mm. he needs more games more experience you can see he's got lots of potential um one or two Sort of brain fade moments yes. during the game, and I think you know Rico's the same. Which, at this level, could count against us. Unfortunately, they haven't yet. Um, I don't know whether he's going to play Francis on Sunday. Um, maybe, maybe not. And I, I just think. If you're if you're the opposition, you're looking at us. I don't want to give any clues to anybody listening, but you're going to look at our full-backs and think we can get at Bournemouth here.
3: Yeah, I know that's it. And uh, obviously, we made a few substitutions. Uh, Dan Juma came on. Great to see Frano back in again, replacing uh, Stacey. Um, uh, but we had a penalty appeal three minutes to go, where. Uh, From where I was in the North Stand, it looked like Josh King's shirt was being tugged, whether that was started outside the area or not. Um, Apparently, VAR did check the decision and it stayed with no penalty. But from where I was concerned, it looked like his shirt was tugged enough for him to go
4: down. I I don't know how it looked on TV. The ref was four yards away, directly in the line of vision and could see he took a huge handful of Josh's shirt. Mm. Um, What I think is that if the ref gives that on the pitch, that's a penalty and VAR would not overturn it because he mm. didn't give it on the pitch. It won't get overturned because, and the reason is very similar to, there was a, was it a penalty decision where Josh didn't get it against Man City, mm. where again, that Josh has hold of the opposition player's shirt and it, it gets ruled as six of one half a dozen the other. And if he just doesn't do that, maybe they would overturn it, but even so, the bar is so high, if the ref doesn't give that, it's no way they're going to overturn something like that. I'm no. sorry.
3: No, that's right. And uh, yeah, that was pretty much that. Um, Finished to all. uh, And it's such a weird emotion after a game, one that I really felt that we should have won based on those clinical chances that we had and then failed to score. And I don't know about you, you just referred to that Josh King interview yesterday on AFCB TV or Saturday whenever it came out and um, I don't know it seemed to be that he was a little bit annoyed at Callum Wilson for not taking those chances he seemed to um, he seemed to be very frustrated he didn't mention anyone in particular but I think uh, he knows that you know Callum was the one that could have won us that game
4: yeah Eddie was hacked off too about that and uh, that it's tough being a striker however Clinical is the word. If we are going to be a top eight side or a top ten side, that sort of chance, you've got to take it. And I think that is the kind of, of worry, really, for us, that when those chances do come along, we, we need three of those to score one. Yeah. And we've got, to get, we've got to get better returns than that.
3: Yeah, Agreed. So to go through the player performances, I mean, Ramsdale was was strong as ever. And uh, defensively, we've mentioned um, the two wide defenders. I mean, Nathan Ake was Nathan Ake. Superlatives um, for him, you know, there aren't enough. But obviously he did get turned for that first goal. Steve Cook was fairly solid. And then the midfield, um, Josh King, I think, did very well. And then just a brief mention about the other three. So Lerma, Billing and Harry Wilson. We'll come on to Harry Wilson last, but Lerma what a machine
4: he is what what a force he is um i wish like you you predict every podcast that he's going to score a 30 yard (laughs) up take some flipping shots please jefferson
3: yeah take my advice mate i know he's um you know he gets in positions where he should shoot uh but yeah i i thought he had a really solid game and uh the sponsors gave the the Man of the match to Callum Wilson for I uh, I don't know I think they just see the goals sometimes they don't really watch the games uh, a lot of uh, pre match vino I think maybe clouding their judgment a little bit um, Philip Billing I thought you know was fairly good fairly composed on the ball I had his moments but Harry Wilson ah mm. oh, he's um, he, his ball retention after I mentioned it last week being very good it seemed to be awful in the first half and he seemed to give it away nearly every time he got it
4: what. Is Harry Wilson bringing to the team consistently? Mm. And I think that's a question we've got to ask. How long is it, do you think, before Brooks gets back in contention? Because I can see him stepping in straight away. You know, if if you're thinking, is it going to be Harry Wilson or Brooks, it's going to be Brooks on this current form?
3: Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Brooks back. I think he's doing some light training at the moment and I just cannot wait. But yeah, he hasn't brought much. And, you know, Fraser apparently was he was off with an illness. Um, I, you know, I would like to see him starting again. He's he's missed enough game time now to um, hopefully learn his lesson. And that direct running, uh, you know, we really missed that on that side of the pitch. Whereas Josh King, he does it incredibly well on the other side. And yeah, we finish the weekend uh, two all. Uh, I'm not sure where after Leicester's result today. I don't, I'm not too sure where that puts us in the league. Jeff, do you know? I,
4: th- I think we're seventh. I think. Ah, uh, um, yes, that's right. We are.
3: So we're actually level on points with with Chelsea and Spurs, which of course you would take. But I always look back at matches like this and think, what if? And you know, the Sheffield United match. What if we? You know, we could have been in, we could have been in second place by now. We could
4: have. Four more, four more extra points could be ours, and that is really frustrating. Um, mm. However, to be where we are—three wins, two draws, two defeats—is pretty good. We've got um, Arsenal away, and then I think I said in the last show a couple of what you'd expect to be winnable fixtures, or at least we've got a chance of of winning against Norwich mm. and Watford. So, you know, it's it, it, it's churlish to complain when we are where we are and we're doing what we're doing and you can see that the table's already taking shape with uh, a relegation battle already. I mean, Newcastle, my goodness me, after today, they're definitely in that. Oh, yeah,
3: not good. Not good at all. And I apologise, we would have been up to third. Man City are on 16 points, so we'd have had 15. But alas, it wasn't to be yesterday and uh, we said we'd play a few more fan thoughts. So these were some more opinions outside the Vitality on Saturday.
5: well two good teams I'll tell you what West Ham are a very good team this season um, to be fair I think um, maybe we could, we, second half we probably could have edged that it would uh, be nice to see the VAR on the one that was disallowed because 2-2 hmm. um, yeah I'll probably take that but 3-2 uh, would have been amazing maybe, if we would have yeah. won that one. what stand do you sit in? I'm North Stand
3: so what did you think it Was Josh King I thought his shirt was tugged from my opinion when he went through
5: yeah, well, the thing is, it's so fast when you're actually watching it. Sort of, unless you go and watch it back again, it's yeah. Um, yeah that was to me. That was. Uh, I mean, I, I might be biased, but yeah. yeah, that was a shirt tag. Yeah, I see it from the we stand. go by the, <laughs> yeah. You go by the ref. yeah, exactly. So, uh,
3: yeah. So, which players in a red and black shirt stood out for you today?
0: Um, I'd say Lerma had a fantastic game. Yeah, yeah, he covered every blade of grass. Um, I was impressed. Josh King as well did really well, Josh and then Callum. He, he could have had a second goal. Um, that one, kind of at the end, to put a 3 1 up would have been yeah. amazing. Um, but And Ramsdale as well was yeah. fantastic. Oh, Some really good Rambo, saves, Rambo, yeah. brilliant.
5: But Callum, he's, he's that sort of player. It's like any striker that you've got who plays up front. If he scores a goal and you don't see him all game, that's fantastic. And he yeah. did that today. He could have had two or three. And that's what you rely on, is, is your finishes, really, is your yeah. yeah. strikers.
3: Did that performance sort of justify Eddie's team changes in the week against Burton, where by all accounts we were dreadful? I didn't go myself, but <laughs> I've heard it was pretty bad
0: the thing is I think when for, for, for Bournemouth it's, it's staying in the Premier League and as much as we won a cup run and I think we're crying out for a cup run you can understand the changes that he made um, personally I think that you look at the game that we when we lost I think it was just a poor performance and I think the players that he selected he warranted to selected them um, coming to this game I think <laughs> potentially I think that he should have kept the same side in terms of choosing night and, and given more opportunity to people but do you know what it's one of those I think come on to the, the Premier League keep it, keep it as it is and, and go from there really yeah. but. I think yeah. we've had a lot of injuries recently so I think that's that's played a big part with uh, not really going for it in the Cup I think yeah. we haven't had so many injuries maybe we could have gone for it yeah. I went to Millwall away in the Cup yeah. a couple of years ago lost 3-0 put a weak side out it's disappointing because yeah. we took a lot of fans there We'd like to see, you know, a, a decent side put out. It is what it is. We're trying to stay in the league at the end of yeah. the day it's not and trying to, try it's to not push on. Yeah. So. There's not enough incentive for the Cup, though. no. And you can put a great team of 11 players out, but they're not a team. Yeah. There's no cohesion. And no, no, no. They're no. never going to turn up on a Cup. You've got the back four alone. they have not played a game all season. Yeah. Two of them hadn't played for nine months. No, and then right. two of them are under-23s, really. Anyway. <laughs>
3: So on Sunday, not Saturday, it's a Sunday because of the Europa League. It's not on TV, but uh, Bournemouth travel to the Emirates to face Arsenal. And we caught up with Gunners fan Mark Rosenthal to ask him about how Arsenal's season has gone so far and also his predictions for the weekend.
2: It's a weird one for Arsenal. Whether they've improved since Wenger's actually left... um remains to be seen because it's all dependent on where you finish at the end of the season. Last season, they capitulated towards the end after being in pole position to finish top four. And it was all, sort of the same old Arsenal. Uh, the same story in the Europa League final and, and, and being demolished by Chelsea. So, you know, there wasn't uh, a whole lot of optimism towards the end of last season. Going to this with the signings of Tierney, um, Pepe, Zabias um, and Lone, um, notable ones um, you know there's a bit more optimism but the problems still exist when players are out we we look very weak in defence um a lot of central our central defenders are suspect um i think rob holding coming back could be a big plus um to look out for the season i'd say uh, saka arsenal um if he gets a, a run of games he does look like he could be a quality player um and maybe Martinelli, if he gets given um, some chances, he might be another surprise. Other than that, we all know what's good and what's bad of Arsenal. Um, I think the game against Bournemouth um, should swing in Arsenal's favour, being at home. But then again, um, Bournemouth have put in some terrific away performances. Uh, well, the one for note was against Southampton last week, the game I actually saw myself. It was a great game. I think Josh King is looking sharp. Um, Callum Wilson, goals in him. Um, I do think, though, that um, Ryan Fraser hasn't yet hit the the gears he was hitting last season. Um, And they're still obviously waiting for Brooks to come out from injury. Um, But, you know, you've got ever reliant players like Nathan Ake and and even the old guards like Cook at the centre back. I just I think there's some sort of resilience to Bournemouth, um, and they improve each and every season under Eddie Howe, who's done an amazing job, has to be said. And um, living in Bournemouth myself, being an Arsenal fan, um, you know it's a bit sweet sometimes. But no, for me, it's the Arsenal win or or, or nothing at all. Um, um, and I think it'll be a very very difficult game. Um, Especially if uh, Bournemouth can control the midfield. I think Arsenal look weak in, in, in that part, especially when they don't pick the right players uh, to, to start. And I think uh, for me, Granite Xhaka is that weak link. Um, but it's going to be an exciting time for, um, for a lot of teams this season um, because I don't think anything's for definite. Um, it's all about consistency and I think uh, there's no consistency for the race for top four for a few of those teams and uh, the same for other parts of the, the league, um, you know, mid-table to, to relegation. I think it's a bit of a battle, but we all know who's going to finish in top two. <laughs> it's just what's going to happen to the rest of it. Um, it remains to be seen. Anyway, let's look forward to a good season.
3: So, yeah, some interesting thoughts there uh, from Mark. Mark, thank you very much for getting in touch. And uh, he may also be making an appearance on our YouTube channel in the week as well. So, if you want to go to that and give us a sub- subscribe, easy for me to say, uh, then just pop to youtube.com slash AFCB podcast. Now, Arsenal are facing Manchester United at Old Trafford on Monday night. That'll be a quite interesting game, given Man United's relatively poor form recently. They only just scraped past Rochdale in the Carabao Cup. Um, great to see that 16-year-old score, by the way, and a very composed post-match interview as well, if you see that on Twitter. Um, Arsenal then faced Standard Liège in the Europa League on Thursday, hence the Sunday kick-off. And Bournemouth will be travelling there with a a little bit of momentum after that draw against West Ham, but Jeff, um, how are we going to line up? Formation
4: changes? Personnel changes? It's a difficult one to call, isn't it? I would not be surprised if he plays a back five in this game. Mm. And I would not be surprised... If there's one player who's got a point to prove in front of Arsenal, it's probably Ryan Fraser. So Yes,
3: yes, yes, exactly. I was thinking that exact same thing. This is the match surely to play him. This is his, I mean, this is the best advert he can possibly, you know, give himself really, isn't it? By performing well at the Emirates.
4: And I think he'll probably go a 5-4-1, possibly uh, Solanke gets benched for this one. Mm. Um, And plays Callum up on his own and try and contain him. I mean, I wish, I so wish that Arsenal were away to Caravag on Thursday night. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) However, it's standard Liege at home, so I don't think they're going to get too much of a a contest from them. And they'll probably. Well, they're a a different side at the Emirates. They they tend to uh, roll over teams a bit more easily and. All I can say is, Wilson, get one on one with uh, David Louise, and we got chances.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean,. Mind you, if Arsenal did play Carabag, I, I expect their score a hatful against Lettis Hands in goal over there at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. Maybe I'm being harsh on him. So that would give him a bit of confidence. But yeah, that's right. Um, you know, David louise I'm surprised really. I mean, he, he got turned inside out when we played Chelsea at the Vitality last year where we won 4-0. So yeah, like you say, maybe Callum Wilson can step up again. Uh, have you got any score predictions at this point, Jeff?
4: I am going to predict a two-one defeat for us in this mm. one. Oh, you know mm. what? Is he probably right? But I
3: can't. I can't say we'll lose because I'm going to go for. Oh, I don't know. A two-all. Two. Is that too optimistic? I, I'm doing it with my heart rather than my head.
4: <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, I think if if all my predictions had come true this season, we'd be up there with Liverpool at the mm. moment so i'm trying to inject a, a dose of reality into what i think might happen actually do you know what this is all part of my uh, counterintuitive plan you see the guys are going to think we're going to prove him wrong because they listen to the podcast obviously
3: <laughs> well i hope they do and uh, fingers crossed lads you can bring three points home to the vitality
4: uh jeff ch- cheers once again thank you sam great talking with you
2: hi i'm jimmy glass and this is back of the night
3: Ah, the wonderful Jimmy Glass. Haven't heard that jingle in quite a while. Right, that's about it. Uh, Just some housekeeping, I suppose. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, feel free to. Pop over to youtube.com slash AFCB podcast, where we're putting content out throughout the week. And if you've enjoyed what you've listened to today, then make sure you go to iTunes or your podcast app and leave us a review. Much appreciated. Um, We know that there are more listeners than reviews, so if you hear this, it would just really nice if you could just pop a few words on or just a quick vote. Um we've not got any sponsors or anything. There may be something in the pipeline soon. Who knows? However, yeah it'd just be really nice for you to leave us a review because that basically gets us more listeners because the algorithm works by putting podcasts up that got reviewed I I don't really know I don't really take too much notice but all I know is reviews are good so if you can do that uh, I'd really appreciate it as I said do subscribe to YouTube as well Uh, remember if you're following us on Twitter we've also got a Facebook and Instagram page as well just search back of the net Bournemouth and we always post a few updates on there too All right then, hope you have a beautiful week and looking forward to seeing you all at the Emirates. Let's continue to make it a library and let's make the voices of the AFC Bournemouth fans be heard as we come away for the first time with something. A point, three points, whatever. Let's do it. Cheers, guys. Thank you. This has been Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast.
2: Harry Wilson's corner. King, Wilson again, back to Rico, there are plenty in there in stripes, Josh King picks up the scraps, but the flag halts the celebrations, the decision is, goal!
5: Podcast Network.